Yeah, oh yeah, I heard that today. I kind of I didn't realize that they got rid of the uh, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Kind of, I always looked forward to it. They always had some good matchups, and it's the first now year. Now it's uh, oh well. Do you, what the heck? Hold on. Do you do you think uh, this has something to do with TV, where the SEC is like screw the Big Ten since probably, they're on Peacock? Yeah, and, you're probably right. And, and and something else, maybe you know the ACC is going to stay on ESPN and ABC. Yeah, that could be it actually. So yeah, because is the is so there's not going to be any Big Ten games on ESPN this year at all. I, I don't think so. No, I, I mean, I, oh, wow. I like it. Um, wow. I mean, there wasn't any football games on Big Ten this year. I mean, ESPN, on ESPN or ABC. Yeah, you're right. That's still crazy to think. I don't even think there was any non-conference games because, like, all the big ones that we had no. were Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Ohio State. That was on NBC. NBC. And then I don't. Yeah, I'm this trying to think. This wasn't a big game, but Iowa, Iowa State was on Fox. Yeah, that game has been on Fox the last couple of years, or yeah, Big well, Ten Network. Yeah, which well, realistically, two, that game should be put on like the CW or ESPN Plus. Hey, dude, no, the CW reserved for ACC games. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> or 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 streamed on like Facebook Live or something. But that would be something. That would be something. I can I can get on board with with Facebook Live. Facebook Live, uh, they—I know they did a couple of really small, small, uh, small level schools that, uh, um, small level schools that uh, they were on streamed on, uh, yeah, or on Facebook Live. Okay. But, but yeah, this is episode 106 here of the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. Got a lot to uh, recap. It was a wild weekend in college college football. The rivalry weekend lived up to the height. We had. Lived up to the hype, excuse me. We had some good NFL games. The Eagles just keep on rolling. Nick Sirianni still has a very punchable face. But, you know, we have to, we have to obviously start by discussing the game. Now, I could get up on my soapbox on my high horse, talk down on Ohio State, kick them while they're down, which, and, well, because it's, at the moment, very, very easy to do. But... Me being the Michigan man that I am, whoa, whoa, I'm not whoa, whoa, going to whoa, do that. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's, what, what, Grant? A Michigan man, you've never gone to that university in your life. Stop being oh, a fake fan and saying oh, you're a Michigan right. man. You've never been there. That's, that is right. I have never gone. I did not go to Michigan as most uh, Michigan haters on the Internet never fail to remind me. So, you know what? Here it goes. Ohio State got what they wanted. Crying <laughs> Ryan Day goes, hires his brother to try and bring Michigan down, just reeks of desperation, and said the only reason why Michigan won has won these last two years was because, oh, we had their signs. Urgh, that's the only way. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, is it, though? But you know what? Michigan doesn't need their signs to line up, blow them off the ball, and dominate them in the trenches like they have the last three years. It's Michigan men versus Ohio boys. And that couldn't have even be, have been truer. When the game hung in the balance and plays had to be made, the men on the field showed up and made Ohio State look like a bunch of little girls that they are. Wow. And they're not done. Michael Barrett has a saying, just a little bit of slogan that I think it's taken on as Mich what Michigan has gone by is a, uh, be careful who you make the villain. This only brought the team closer and motivated them more to get back to Indy. 
So that coward, little, pathetic excuse of a man, Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti, has to hand Jim Harbaugh the Big Ten trophy on Saturday. And that's why Michigan is my team of the week. Wow. We didn't even draw. That's that's cheating. You know what? I made an audible. And um, so when you set the show up, you can make those audibles and do some adjustments to this. So, um, hey, Ethan, is this also because Dylan owns a house and he's better than us? He's not better than us. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. But my teams are. I'd love to be a bandwagon fan too. Well, we'll find know, we, out. We all can't do that. We'll find out Saturday at ten thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we will. Are we? Uh, are we? Are we placing a wager on this? Not a fucking chance. <laughs> Come on, Grant. Grant, you would. Yeah. No, I lost twenty dollars last week on the Eagles Chiefs game. I don't feel like losing another. Although you game. also you also lost two hundred dollars because Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't winning the Heisman either. That is true. Tech, well, you technically, I only lost. No, I only technically lost 67. I think the bet as a whole was 200. Um, oh. But no, that is correct. I also lost some money on that. You know, but all honestly, dude, that long shot kind of bet in April for the odds was kind of fun. You know, it's, it's someone to follow the whole year. Um, but then it also upsets you when he doesn't do anything to start the year. And I was like, oh, well, he lost this. And then when I thought he broke his ankle against Notre Dame, I was like, well, this bet's over. Um, <laughs> but no, I definitely, I definitely think I want to try to do something again next year before the year, either maybe if it's picking a team to win the national title or, you know, someone like the Heisman Trophy or hell, a coach of the year would be a crazy one um, to do. But uh, yeah, just kind of something fun like that. So yeah, out about a little under $100 this year on, on football bets that did not go my way. It happens. You win mm-hmm. some, you lose some. That's correct. Well, to pick uh, second and third here, um, in um, lieu of going with, uh, of not going with a Vikings or Chiefs helmet, we are going with teams we dislike. So, decided to go with um, your guys' most hated teams. And, Ethan, I I know we've discussed this, so we're going with the Saints for you. That's fair. And for Grant, now this one's a little bit tougher because I've seen him in about six to seven different different uh, jerseys on this podcast and in life. It's the Raiders. But, it's the Raiders. But I I did think of – I have to go back to something that, you know, that's always fresh in the mind. have to go back to when we were living – we were all living together. Oh, you Week motherfucker. two of the 2015 season – Jamal Charles fumbles, Broncos run it in. I don't have to get into more of it. So we're going to go with the Denver Broncos for Grant. That is the correct choice. I can't stand yes, those assholes. Yet he has a Von Miller Broncos jersey. So I don't know. Do, do you really hate him? Or? I got it when I was in high school. What can I say? I, th- I thought the orange was cool. I liked Von when he was a rookie. Uh, just because I don't like the team doesn't mean I can't like the player. That's my thing. This is fair. Okay, fair enough. A lot right. of people hate the Eagles but love Jason Kelsey. This guilty. So um, that's my attempt at um, defending myself. Luckily, this is not the court of law. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to worry about persuading a jury in my favor or not. <laughs> You're right. And so um, and, and for me, I if I if I did pick, but I did a pre and I I won. So 
Um, it would have been the Eagles, though. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. It, it was a toss-up between Eagles, Eagles, Packers, um, and and lately just having to deal with Nick Sirianni and just now. Question for you, Dylan: Is it Packers or was it just Aaron Rodgers in a Packers uniform? Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay, and I, I I didn't have anything Aaron Rodgers, and usually I've I've made it a point well, to it, make it, sure I listen to Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday. So it's like I I kind of kind of like this guy, except when he beats my team. Dude, I felt that way after the first episode of Hard Knocks. You were like. How can you not like this guy? Like, I don't know what it is, but he casts a spell on you where you're like, hmm, he's actually kind of cool. And he's good TV. He he is. It's his uh it's his all all those uh the the drug or his darkness retreats, his uh in the ayahuasca peyote or, or the <laughs> ayahuasca, whatever it is. <laughs> but uh well, did you did you get to watch the two episodes of the Dolphins Hard Knocks yet? Yeah, and it's gonna be a good one. It will be. I Mike Mike McDaniel is he'd be a fun guy to sit down and sit in an interview with because he would he'd give you some good stuff. Oh yeah, especially when he got when he got hit in the junk in the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> that was I both fell out of my chair laughing when he was explaining. It was like, yeah, I was collateral on that hit. I got nailed the shoulder and then I got hit in the dick. You got hit in the dick. It got hit right in the dick. And that hurt like a motherfucker. <laughs> but but. Let's uh, let's see here. Hopefully, I can keep the helmets in the hat. I hope Ethan and... wins this week. Just it would be so funny. He wins and he still gets second place. I know it's gonna happen. <laughs> it sure is gonna happen. Never fails. And then uh, Grant, you uh, you you're picking third, which okay. uh, you're hoping the Broncos uh, uh, move down to uh, in the in the AFC West at some point, or just behind the chiefs but as long as they're as long as they're number as long as they're number two i'm cool with that uh but in a weird way don't want to see them in a potential two seven game not not a fan of that that uh well i mean there is some um history behind that because when the broncos won their first their first super bowl they did go on the road to arrowhead and beat the chiefs that is true so yeah, after the, but after even the chiefs this about is it. not about this is not about grant here. So about, what is your, uh, who is your, yeah, that's who is your college football no team of the week? I know brother. It's the same one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, but, uh, and Dylan, that was not planned. Actually. I kid you not. But, uh, I went to the state of Iowa last week. I'm going right back to it. We're going with the Iowa state cyclones, uh, beating Kansas state. No game. Um, the stats on this game make absolutely no sense. Kansas state ran 102 plays to Iowa state's 35. So wild. Uh, Iowa State had more turnovers. They had 25 less minutes uh, time of possession, less less passing yards, more rushing yards, but they averaged almost 20 yards a pass and over 11 yards a rush attempt. They had three plays, three touchdowns of 70-plus yards. They were – whether it was like a footing thing for Kansas State, they didn't get the right cleats or something, their, their staff wasn't on top of it. I have no idea, but they just – it was explosive play after explosive play, and Kansas State just couldn't keep up. Like, it was absolutely nuts. He's gone. And we've lost Dylan. He got mad. I talked about Iowa twice in a, in a row. And it pissed him off. Yeah, it is what it is. But, no, that's just mind-boggling. Like, do, do you do the blank resume on that game, and you think Kansas State would have won 69-0. to zero. 
<laughs> yeah. Like what? What is going on here? This is they had twenty three third downs. Kansas State eleven to twenty three. That's crazy. Three of four on fourth down. Iowa State three of seven on third down. They only had ten first downs the entire game. Oh, he put on the same oh, hat. Heard <laughs> I did. So, Ethan, you know what's you know what's the best part about this game? The name they gave it, um, or at least maybe someone on Sports Illustrated site, they called it Farmageddon. How, <laughs> how, how perfect is that? The state that, of Iowa versus the state of Kansas. Down, like it was filled. <laughs> you can even see. I don't even know how Jason. I think it was Jason Benetti on the call. Um, yeah, I don't even know how we knew where they were on the field. Like, well, dude, I was. I that when I got done with work on Saturday and went to the gym when I came home, that was the most competitive game on. Oh yeah. So, so I watched that and I couldn't tell where on the field these guys were. I just saw no. I just saw lines. I, I remember like, right. on uh, Sama's first touchdown run, I'm like, is he running out of the stadium? Like has he stopped? <laughs> 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 like when when do you know when you're good? <laughs> I, I don't think you do until you hit padding until you yeah. hit purple yeah. padding <laughs> yep. or the tunnel or you find it's yourself in the tunnel. Then it's... Yeah. You never know. <laughs> exactly. But just a crazy game. No, dude, I like it. I like it. Um, Weird so things happen in snow games. Yep. Snow games and um, yeah, snow games and it's rivalry week. What can we say? Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to stick in the big 12 conference and I'm actually going to go to the state just south of Kansas. And I'm going to go with the Oklahoma Sooners. Um, last game of the Big 12, you got to win to keep yourself somewhat alive for the Big 12 championship game. And they put up 69 points. Hey. Nice. Um, nice. And just, you know, this year to, to come back after a, a six and seven year last year to finish the regular season at 10 and two, um, when you know your offensive coordinator is probably going to take a head coaching job this next week, just a nice job by Brent Venables and his staff to, uh, you know, like I said, put up, put up 69 points and get nice. I'm doing it again, baby. <laughs> um, just a good, a good win to end the regular season and get some confidence going into the bowl game. And, uh, you know, people were thinking Oklahoma was in shambles when Lincoln Riley left. Well, with Venables there, they're now, built for success in the sec compared to where usc is at um i, I think Why, what's wrong with usc well they're soft and they're not coached well and lincoln riley wears oh. a visor so he's a pussy whoa um, <laughs> <laughs> um and you know venables he's he's bringing in a bunch of good players next year just like he did this last year and just like how sark built texas he's building that thing from the inside out so just overall i'm going to give OU, um, it's props because I think they had a great week, and I, I like their future that, that Coach Venables has going for them in the SEC next year. Yeah, I was shocked when I saw that score. I didn't realize I because mm-hmm. they, they played on Friday, and I yep. had to work, which is a whole other story. I should be a day that everybody should be should not be working and take off. But but yeah, I go and I kind of was kind of forgot about it, and then later Saturday night I was looking at that game and uh, looked, holy crap, 69 to 45 mm-hmm. score. Uh, defense was optional. Your classic big 12 game. It, it really was. It's of, of the, I guess, you know, Oklahoma had to end their final big 12 
game with a bang. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no better way than to uh, score 69 points. Giggity. Nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, Grant, let's uh, let's go over to your uh, surprise surprise team of the week here in the NFL Week 12. 12. So, who, uh, who, who surprised you? So I don't know what my relationship is with this team because um, they were a playoff team to start the year. They were a disappointing team last week. They fired a coach, and then all of a sudden the building changed. How about the Pittsburgh Steelers offense? Yeah. You know, I, I, I know I understand only 16 points. It's still not great. But luckily when you're playing a Joe Burrow-less Bengals, that's all you need to win the game. But they looked – their offense looked great when you look at just the paper. I mean, Kenny Pickett completed 72% of his passes. But the more important part, he com- 84 yards per attempt. He was getting the ball down the field a little bit, something we never saw our, uh, w- when Matt Canada was there. They finally had over 400 yards of total offense. And I think the biggest stat of the day that I saw when I was doing some research today, they had five players on Sunday who averaged 10 plus yards per reception. Uh, I I didn't think that was possible. I mean, it's truly incredible how one small coaching change can just change um, change the energy in the building. You know, we see it all the time whenever a head coach gets fired. It seems like teams come out the next week and they win and they play big. So maybe the Steelers offense needed this. And, you know, they average 4.6 yards per carry on the ground. Shoot, the Steelers, they can continue to play offense like this with that defense. Um, they're not only going to make the playoffs, they're going to be a team you don't want to play. So my surprise team, it's Pittsburgh, because I don't know the relationship I have with them this year. It's 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 a so, situation ship, I'll say, with yeah. me in Pittsburgh. <laughs> well, you know, instead of using jet motion all the time, they actually decided to kind of utilize the middle of the field. It helps having Pat Fryermuth come back, but or and he had nine receptions he for hundred. Yeah, yeah, he, he was hurt. Because was he hurt, or they they just they forgot that they had him? He was oh, a little bit a little bit of both. Okay, but yeah, he, he had nine receptions for one hundred and twenty yards. Yeah, Bodes well for and, him going uh, forward. Mm-hmm. I also I also had him as a uh, had, had the Steelers as one of my surprise teams, but also I'll have to find Fryer, a new one. Fryermuth was my original pick for my fantasy tight end this year. There you go. I, I am starting him over Kittle this week. Yeah, that's a tough tight ends haven't done much against Philadelphia this year. No, so and Kittle's very hit and miss. When Debo was out, fantastic. Debo back, not nearly as many targets. So mm-hmm. I'm not risking it. So, Ethan, now who, uh, who um, do you got? I, I'll i say it's a surprise. Uh, I'm not saying they're good, uh, but the Bears, particularly their their defensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vikings offensive line had actually been very good this year, especially in pass protection, like pretty solid. Bears got three sacks, nine QB hits, 20 pressures, I think. Like, yes, Dobbs was terrible. Uh, but at the same time, he was under constant pressure. I don't think KOC, I told you guys, did him any favors on Monday night. Um, but they were constantly in the backfield. They held the Vikings to just over four yards a rush. So not like great by any means, but serviceable, but really just keeping him under, under pressure the entire time and not letting him get outside the pocket on the scrambles. Like we've seen from other teams, they almost always had a spy on him and the Vikings just never had an outlet. Like there was nowhere for him to go with the ball. Well, no one could get open. Yeah. 
it was sticky, sticky man coverage all game. And uh, I, you know, Monday showed that the Vikes need Justin Jefferson because these mm-hmm. dudes who are on the roster right now, they can't get open. Also, Addison, worst game of his career. Not even close. He just ran out of bounds. Yeah, that, that one, I guess, at the at the, the, the end throw. of the day, didn't matter because they still scored. But yes, just a pathetic. You can't do that. That is that is true. But still, just he had multiple drops, led to an interception. If he catches that one that went off his hands for a pick, it's probably a touchdown. He's full stride. Safety's behind him. Like there's no way anyone's going to catch him. Well, and I believe a lot of those interceptions too, or like that play. My memory served me correct too. That was a third down that would have extended a drive. Vikings were. Oh yeah, he for, absolutely forgot how to convert on third downs. And one of one of his interceptions was a, was was on fourth down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but what do you do there? The interception actually gave the Bears worst field position in that yeah, case. Yeah, yeah I remember. Saying, yeah. I was like, yeah, but like Aiken called it right away. He goes, hey, he should have dropped that ball. Yeah. But no, I'll go to the Bears D line. All righty. Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Grant's team. I'm going to go with the Kansas city chiefs after a, uh, after a very from the receivers. Yeah. After, uh, after a very tough loss or that they, they blew a 10 point second half lead. Um, Chiefs kind of carried that into, into that, into the, into the game where they fell behind 14, nothing. Um, Maybe they were out, out and about partying in Vegas the night before, um, not really sure, but they, they bounced back, able to tie it right before half and then outscore or well, after they fell behind 14, nothing, they outscore the Raiders 31 to three. I think they have finally found an identity on offense, which is running the ball, which not many people thought they would say with Andy Reed as the head coach, but uh, Pacheco McKinnon, that backfield has been really good, especially where the passing game has really struggled. But the receivers looked a lot better this week compared to last week. They actually caught the ball. Maybe Pat Mahomes has taken some zip off the off the ball. I, you know, there there's a common denominator with all these drops. As Pat Mahomes is throwing it, maybe he doesn't throw a very, very catchable ball. I'm not sure. Um, and 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 Pat Mahomes also may have found a, a second favorite heart target behind uh, Travis Kelsey in the uh, in the rookie rookie uh, Rasheed Rice, who had eight catches for 107 yards. 107 yards and a touchdown. And I think with the uh, the improved run game, I think a little bit more commitment to the run game. I think you saw that more in the second half where they stuck with the run, where they, against the Eagles, it felt like they kind of got away from running the ball where they were gashing the Eagles in that first half. Um, but for the Chiefs to, and Andy, and big of Andy, to stick with the run and commit to it, um, we'll see if that continues week to week or into the next week. But, you know, letting the defense do their thing, not putting the defense in vulnerable spots where they're going to give up touchdowns or giving them short fields. I think Andy Reid's finally maybe understood complimentary football. Well, if remember last year, the three or four times that I called the Chiefs out and they started to run the ball, that was their three or four best games of, it, of, of the year, and they scored 30 points in all those games. So they did they did that again. Uh, but then also, you know, the one thing going going back to last year's team, when they really got going on offense, Juju stepped up. Um, well, on Sunday, we saw Rasheed Rice kind of step up, and you, you have that number two option where Mahomes trusts him. 
And Juju and Rashir, they're kind of built the same way. Um, you know, they're big possession guys. They're not going to burn you like Tyreek. But if Rashid can get comfortable and he can keep doing his thing, and then when you need a Sky more, when um, when Kadarius Tony plays, when you need Justin Watson to make a play as that third option, they're going to be a hard team to beat. Yeah, and and one thing I've always said about the Chiefs these last few years is they don't run the ball a whole lot, but their situational running is exceptional. When they have to run the ball, they are able to move the sticks, get get a push up front, and and move the sticks and run the clock out. I think that's something that they've always they've always been good at. They just have never they've always relied on that pass, the passing game, just because of that's who Andy Reid is. But situationally, they've always been able to run the ball, and this year they 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 have to do it a little bit more than what they they'd like to or are used to doing. But um, let's go down to the uh, the disappointing team of the week here. And I'm gonna go all the way back to Thursday. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the team that was my surprise team the week before. And they let me down. It's the Detroit Lions. Uh, the final score, that was not very indicative of that this game was actually as close as it was because it wasn't uh, 29-22 score. Um, before the game, Ford Field looked absolutely electric. I mean, the place was buzzing. It was pro- – uh, they were – there was a little bit more buzz in the air, a lot, a lot different than what you're used to seeing in Detroit. And then the game kicked off, first play – Jordan Love hits Christian Watson deep. And after that, it just felt like it took the life out of Ford Field, took the life out of the Lions. Jared Goff turned back to 2020, 2019 Jared Goff, where he's sloppy with the football, uh, you know, did not handle pressure very well. The uh, the uh, the Bears, the, the Lions defense is still kind of, their problems are coming to the forefront again like it did that cost them their slow start last season, and right now it's kind of rearing its ugly head. That could cost them down the uh, down the playoff push. Um, and then, then, you know, they weren't able to stop the run. or And then on the defensive side, they weren't able to stop the pass rush at all. And um, Rashawn Gary is looking really good. Uh, made that Packers defense, who has been knocked, and, and, and rightfully so, knocked quite a bit. They made them look. Like they had a bunch of all pros on the team. Um, and then the, back to the Lions defenses, they they could not find, they couldn't stop the run. And then they were not able to make Jordan Love uncomfortable at all, which is where he struggles is when you get pressure on him, get in his face. But they were not able to do that at all on, on Thursday. And that is why the uh, the Packers right now are one of the hotter teams in football. Do, uh, do the Lions blitz a lot? Because I'm pretty sure I saw Jordan Love is like the best quarterback in the league versus the blitz this year uh they typically don't no i didn't think so okay Mm-mm. interesting but yeah they i mean simone biles husband pick six oh, no fumble. uh the fumble fumble which that was so stupid by the lions like no one even tried for it and the whistle never blew like didn't even try to pick it up like what are you doing well and the ref did the right thing in that situation let yeah. it play out you can always bring the ball back um yeah, don't exactly. don't play don't blow it dead Smart. 
Ethan, who you got for your uh, disappointing team of the week? I'm going to the first half Eagles. Uh, down, what was it? 17 to 3 or something? I can't remember what that was. 17 7. 17 7. What's his nuts? Hurts. Four of like 11, 33 yards, an interception at half. I think they ran it 14 times or 12 times in the first half. Seven of them were to Hurts. I'm guessing either scrambles or quarterback keepers. Uh, I think two. Two or three were to Swift, and then they split them between Boston Scott and Gainwell. They seem to figure it out. Swift is what makes that team go. We saw it versus the Chiefs last week. They literally were the that was he was the, he was the offense. Like they couldn't throw for shit. They couldn't move the ball. Really, the only offense they had was screens to him, and then him busting a couple long ones in the second half. He didn't bust any super long ones on Sunday but he at least opened everything else up. So Hertz actually could make some throws, especially to Devontae Smith. They they just need to realize he's, he's really their main piece. They need to start working him in even more than what they are. Keep Gainwell, the third running back there, third down back and just Boston Scott, unless he's in there for some specialized play, he doesn't need to be in there. He's not good enough. Yeah. And then they they wake up. There's just a belief about that team within that team where it doesn't matter what what the uh, what the score is. There's always that belief that they're they're gonna find a way to come back. They're gonna find a way to get in the, mm-hmm. get in the game. And then you know you think you have them dead to right. Jason Kelsey has two false starts that makes it a 61 yard field goal in Dude, terrible really- conditions, terrible field, and just mm-hmm. absolutely dong shots. That was good from like 63, 64. Like, and that was the, the worst conditions I've seen a kick that long mm-hmm. before. Yeah. I, I will say this, though, guys, about the Eagles. Yes, that second half comeback was great. Jalen is calm, cool, and collective under pressure. Um, they, they don't get phased. If they continue to play like they did in the first half these last two games, it's going to catch up to them. And it's going to catch up to them this week. <laughs> Correct. And the week after that. Um, I'm starting to like that team. I want to see, but we'll see. And I'm not going to say anything to get Dylan too excited. But if yeah, that don't, team, I'm... if that team plays like they do at home, watch out. Um, yeah. Because what's the common? Also, another common denominator in these last two games for the Eagles here, their opponent gave the game away. Multiple opportunities to put them away, and both the Chiefs and Bills missed out on that. And, Against the Niners, a rematch against Kansas City or Dallas in AT&T, that doesn't happen. So, um, but never doubt him out because Jalen is just cool as a cucumber and they, they just have too many players on that team. Another caveat I want to throw in there, Swift gets them going, but when they need a play in the past game, Devontae Smith is the guy they go to these last stud. couple of weeks. He's a stud. Um so, Dylan, I'm not going to lie. For my disappointing team, I was so dialed in on one team. I'm going to double down on Detroit because I had them winning the NFC North this year and more or less just this Detroit defense um, and also Jared Goff having three turnovers on Sunday. But when your leading tackler for your game is your rookie safety, that's a problem. That's not good. That's not good. No, that means you're giving up way too many yards and you're going to lose a lot of games. Um, You know, I get Aaron Glenn. He seems to be a good guy. But sorry, Dan Campbell, you're going to have to fire one of your good friends because he's not – he's just – he's not a defensive coordinator. 
um, in this game. When you let Jordan Love, 8.4 yards per attempt with three touchdowns, and Green Bay has zero turnovers all game, that's just that's just unacceptable. And then Green Bay averages five yards per rushing attempt in this game, and Green Bay 12.2 yards per reception. Um, you know, the Packers are playing better and they're getting more comfortable, but this isn't the Eagles, the Cowboys, or the 49ers that the Lions might have to play in the playoffs in a possible round two matchup. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. They could have had Jalen Carter, and they need Jalen Carter, but they decided to trade back and take a running back with that with their first of the two first-round picks, Jameer Gibbs. And I'm sorry, but 11 carries for 54 yards and no touchdowns? That's not good enough. Four receptions for 19 yards as a first-rounder? That's not good enough. Um, the Lions I will regret on passing on Jalen Carter for years and years to come because you could have had him and Aiden Hutchinson and you can see they don't have any pressure up the middle so where Aiden can get to the quarterback and have an easy sack. So um, just disappointed in this Lions defense because they are going to let this team down. Yeah, and let's, uh, let's go down to the uh, – let's go down to the uh, – move over to the, uh, the told you so team of uh, – told you so team of the week. Grant, who are uh, – who are you telling us telling us about? So for me, it's not so much a team. It's more I'm gonna go an individual player, and it's my fantasy quarterback this year in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Um everyone this these last couple of weeks were they were asking me in my league, Oh, are you gonna get rid of Lawrence? Lawrence doesn't seem to be the guy. You're gonna maybe try to trade someone to try to get Josh Dobbs? I was like, No, 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 no. I'm gonna stick with Sunshine. Um, because it was this time last year when he got real hot. And Jacksonville started to win some games, and he was great again on Sunday. 364 yards passing, uh, two total touchdowns. Um, it looks like Jacksonville is slowly starting to figure this thing out there at eight and three, leading the AFC South. Uh, and they're gonna they're gonna be a problem come playoff time. Um, and I think I think Trevor's gonna get rolling. He's gonna be hot. And if I'm not mistaken, Dylan was did, Trevor your MVP pick to start the year. Yes, yes, he I was. Thought, I thought he was. I'm not saying he's going to win it, because um, I don't know if there's really saying. a clear MVP. No, there, at there's the a lot that are in that there's running. I, I would of, say there's probably meh. about five or six guys that are kind of floating around in that conversation or on the verge of that conversation. Yeah, so I just, you know, he's really stepped up these last couple of weeks, and like I said, 364 yards in the air. Um, you know, he's just kind of letting everybody know that hey. Don't forget about me. Um, Jacksonville's going to be a problem come playoff time. So I got I got to go Trevor Lawrence. That's a good call. E, who you uh, um, who you got? We just talked pretty extensively about this team, but uh, we guys talked about the other side of the game. But the Packers, I picked them to make the preseason or postseason before the season. They're starting to look like that team I thought they'd be. Uh, Jordan Love, just don't make mistakes. Run the ball. Uh, make smart passes, and they're they're getting very explosive. Is honestly what they're doing. Even with Aaron Jones out, they put up twenty nine on Detroit. Uh, and then the defense—they've always been a good defense. They're really starting to get after it now. Uh, God dang it, Rashawn Gary, your Michigan boy, absolute beast. Like controls the whole game there. Uh, Detroit never got their running game going. But uh, no, I'm going with the Packers. I think they might. Right now, they might be the best team in the in the NFC North. They uh they are certainly playing like it. 
and uh, the, the vision the vision is still very much up for grabs because absolutely we as we said in the start start of the year why both Ethan and I picked the Vikings to win the division was because we got to see the Lions do it and we have the Lions they've they've had some good moments and they've had some moments like they had on Thanksgiving where yeah. the uh, the Pilgrims multiple chances to kind of take over and they've failed multiple times like it, yeah. at some point they need to figure it out if they're going to actually win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, that brings it up to me and my told you so team. I had it actually is from the same game, but I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with. The, I'm gonna go with the Saints, or actually more so Derek Carr. Um, he has finally thrown a red zone touchdown, albeit to the other team, but it, it, it's still technically a red zone touchdown, I guess. Right? Absolutely. Make okay. There. There it is. And I, I still don't understand why they have him as the starter because he refuses to throw throw the ball downfield. It seems like he has no connection to his teammates. Like, guys do not respond to him at all. I don't know why Dennis Allen keeps him throwing him out there um, or make the decision to go with Jameis because at least Jameis, you, you can tell there's a little bit more juice when he is playing He's not afraid to throw the ball downfield. You might, yeah, he's going to throw some turnovers, but throwing the ball three yards to your running backs and having Amar, Alvin Kamara have 14 catches for 29 yards, that doesn't do you any good. Um, at least throw it up because you got two two tremendous, you got Chris Olave, and I'm trying to think who else they have as receivers. But Well, Michael Thomas, but he's always hurt. And Michael Thomas, um, Taysom Hill. Um, but they're, their car just does not provide a spark to this team. His teammate, like I said, they don't respond to him. There, there's something that needs to change in New Orleans, and this is why the Saints will not win the division and why they lost to the Falcons. Uh, um, you know, they were they were my other option for my disappointing team. You know, um, uh, honestly, Dylan, because I think I, I think at least I did. I think we all did pick them to win the division this year because I picked I picked Atlanta. Okay. All right. So um, yeah, I picked the Saints too. So two two of us did, just because we thought they had the best quarterback. But another I'm kind of disappointed in this team is we should know that one Dennis Allen isn't a head coach in this league, because um, we already saw that failure in Oakland. What makes us think it'll change the second round? I mean, at some point people show you who they are, and that's who they are. Um, not many coaches get better their second time after they got fired their first time. I don't know why we keep giving these guys second chances. We're going to have a new nickname for Derek Carr going forward. Dink and Dunk Derek. Dink and Dunk Derek. Dink and Dunk Derek. I like that. Yep. yep. That is a that is a good one. Yep. And then another thing, Pete Carmichael. We should know this guy's an absolute horrible offensive coordinator. When Sean because when Sean Payton was either suspended or up in the booth with that ACL tear he had when someone ran into him, the Saints offense is horrible. Um, and look what Sean's doing now in Denver. So the writing was on the wall, and unfortunately, Ethan and I, I think, missed it. Um, but we'll see. Someone a season left. Someone has to win this division and possibly and lose to Dallas in the first round of the playoffs. Correct. <laughs> so, <laughs> God, um, I, I I love the tier ratings. Is it somebody somebody has to win it, and so, someone has to lose uh, to Dallas. <laughs> Do you guys want to? Do you guys want to preview week uh, week thirteen in the NFL, or do you want to go talk uh, talk some college football, some playoff scenarios? Let's do college football. 
Okay, let's go Absolutely. back to uh, college football here. So, guys, we're just going to pick some winners here. We'll just it's going to be I'm going to say the say the team, say the uh say the game, the conference championship games. You guys are going to say a winner, and then after that, we will discuss the playoff scenarios, the chaos that could happen or what might not happen. So, we'll start with the first the first uh conference championship game that's going to be going and that's going to be Friday um, in the Pac-12 championship, Oregon versus Washington. Oregon is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Who, uh, who, who are you guys picking? I, I, I'm going to pick Oregon uh, just because Washington hasn't looked good, but at the same time, Washington seems like a team that plays down to their competition every time, regardless of if they're very good or if they're very bad. Um, and so far, they've... They've obviously won them all. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I just think Oregon's firing on all cylinders. I mean, Bo Nix is arguably a top one or two Heisman candidate. I'm going with them. Go Bucky. Go get the go get the national title. I'm also going to go with Oregon. And I think that third time's the charm where Dan Lanning doesn't get in his way and he doesn't Brandon Staley this game. I understand being aggressive, but he's almost being out of control. You know, right, uh, these first two games that went in his career at Oregon when he's played Washington. And so I'm going to – I'm with Ethan. I'm, I'm going to go with Oregon. Uh, I, the, their offense is just too much. And Michael Penix hasn't been, been the same since that first Oregon game. No, he hasn't. And that's that's also probably why I'm going to I'm gonna pick Oregon. Oh, uh, well, um, all right. Washington to the playoff it is then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which – the scenarios we'll get into, but yeah, I I think Oregon. I think there's there's that revenge factor. Um, they Oregon's feeling like they uh they left a lot. The uh, Dan Lanning's probably beating himself up, thinking that cost them. And Washington, like Ethan said, just has not played as well. But they do kind of play to the level of their competition. I think Washington covers this game, but I like Oregon to win. So. Down to the uh, down to the Big Twelve. This the ten o'clock game on ABC on Saturday. Texas fifteen and a half point favorites now. Do you think can Oklahoma State pull the upset and send Texas packing with their final Big Twelve game as a loss, similar no. to what they did to Oklahoma? No, no. Um, He's no. going with Texas. Just, the, Oklahoma State gave up forty five to UCF. There's no way they can hold Texas down. I, I think Texas wins big and they cover. And also, um, they needed a fourth overtime to beat BYU last week, a five and six BYU Cougars yeah. team. And also, Texas is going to be pissed off because Mike Gundy was coach of the year and not Sark. Talk about pettiness. Dylan, you talk about the Big Ten commissioner having to give the championship trophy to Harbaugh. Well, this loser in the Big 12 is going to have to look Sark in the eye and give him a trophy on Saturday. Um, I'll shout out former Big 12 commissioner whose son blocked Ethan um, for calling him out. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that just is a uh, that is just a requirement to be Big 12 commissioners. You have to be a gigantic pussy. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, and let's uh, I'm going to I'm going to change things up here. We're, we got to have one non power five so we're i went with the teams with the best records here we're going to the action miami oh, of ohio oh. versus toledo 10 a.m on espn who do you guys have 
I, I think Toledo sounds cooler, so we'll go Toledo. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the Red Hawks. You drive down you drive down the highway, see a red hawk a red red tailed hawk on a light pole, you know he's about to he's about to eat some sort of critter. Uh so g- give give me the Red Hawks. Big give me my, uh, my, Ben my Roethlisberger's Ohio. over there. Yeah, yep. the big the big Ben special. Yep. And you know what? I'm gonna uh, I guess I'm gonna roll with Miami of Ohio. Bo Schembechler, that's where he coached at before he went to Michigan. So I'm I guess I gotta roll with the uh with the Red Hawks as well. Um but back to uh back to the power five here. Let's go to the probably after the Oregon Washington game, the most hyped up, most uh one that promises to and going by point spread promises to be the one of the better the better games actually yeah the second best point spread of the uh, power five um georgia versus alabama georgia's five and a half point favorites this game's 2 p.m cbs um i think this one has the most implications for the college football playoff Mm -hmm. if if alabama wins two sec teams are getting in simple as that if georgia wins it's one alabama's out but uh I don't know. I'm just. I feel like this is one of those years where Georgia looks dominant. Alabama comes back and beats them, though. I'm going Alabama. Uh, I think Milroy or Milrow, whatever his name is, has looked phenomenal the last couple, like last month since he got benched. But uh, yeah, I, I'm going with Alabama. Why the hell not? They look like the better team right now, if you ask me. All right, Ethan is rolling with the tide here. We got our first upset pick of the day, of the show for that matter. Um, Grant. And this 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 is where we differ. Ethan talks about Washington playing the level level of their competition. Well, Georgia's done that this year too. And unlike in 2021, when they knew they could lose and they could get in, that's not the same. I I think they're going to come out. Um, they're going to be guns a blazing. Carson Beck is doing something real special right now. We got those running backs. That Georgia defense is going to make just enough two or three plays where they turn Alabama over and those could go into points the other way. So I'm going to take the dogs in a home game. All right. Can, can we get a bark? I've bounced back and forth with this one. Alabama did not look great against Auburn. Some of that's because of a rival game, rivalry game. Auburn. And, or they were looking up. ahead and, and possibly looking ahead. I expect Alabama to come out ready to play in this game because it's Alabama Georgia for the SEC title game. They're gonna have the do- Georgia fans are gonna be barking, Alabama fans are gonna be yelling "Roll Tide." They're gonna be starting drinking at five o'clock in the morning. It's gonna be an absolute, absolute booze fest down in down in Atlanta. But I. I just I think Georgia's been the more consistent team all year. I trust I trust Carson Beck to make a better make the right decision more than I trust Jalen Milrow to. So that's why I'm gonna go with the dogs to win their sec back to back SEC championship. Mm-hmm. So down to the uh down to the, the night games. We'll start with the, the ACC here. Florida State versus Louisville. Florida State is two and a half point favorites, 6 p.m. on ABC. Boys, who does Florida State win and get an undefeated, get that undefeated record? 
if Florida State wins, obviously they go undefeated, and then if Alabama beats Georgia, that's going to be crazy to see oh, what shoot. the actual committee does. Are you going to go with oh. an undefeated ACC champion just because they're undefeated? Because they are not one of the top best four teams in the country right now without Travis. So what do you do? Do you honor the whole system or do you honor the better team? That's going to be crazy if it does happen. Which we'll talk We'll talk about it after we yeah, – I, I, uh, I have Louisville winning. I okay. think the team right now without Travis. So I, I do have Louisville taking it. Go Jeff Brown. I'm with you. I'm with you, E. I think, I think Louisville was looking ahead last week. They were playing Kentucky. That was Kentucky's national championship. Um, I think Brown is going to get Louisville fired up to play just like he did before that Notre Dame game. Um, come in, win a conference title his first year there. Florida State, they don't have the emotion of playing an in-state game anymore um, against Florida where a lot of these players played high school together and, you know, these all-state, all-star games. Um, I believe it's in Charlotte, right? Or is it in Orlando? Yep. Charlotte. Yeah, it's, it's in Charlotte. Uh, it's not going to be a home game like if it was in Orlando. Um, I'm with E. I think the Cards get the win. Okay, and uh, yes, it is at uh, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Okay, and I'm gonna, you guys are zigging, zigging. I'm gonna zag. I'm gonna go with Florida State. I, they, they did not look great last week. It was, uh, it was a also a rivalry game. I think a bit. Grant, you mentioned Louisville looking a little bit of a little bit ahead, um, losing to Kentucky. I think Florida State also had a little bit of that syndrome. I think them breaking in a new quarterback in a rivalry game. I think that might have also had a factor in it. And I think with another week to prepare, I think Mike Norvell is going to have Rodemaker ready to go. And I'm going to go with the Knowles to Knowles to uh, continue that unbeaten, se- continue their unbeaten season and make, uh, make things tough, could potentially tougher for the committee to see what they do with them. And then let's go to the final the uh, the other 6 p.m. game on Fox. This one is going to be on Fox. It's the Big Ten Championship. It's a battle of two of two of the two of the uh, host team here, Michigan versus Iowa. Michigan is a 21 and a half point favorite as of now. The uh, the over under for Iowa in the first half to- team total is three and a half points. Last I looked, but guys, who uh who do you guys have picking to win the Big Ten Championship? Uh, Michigan, and it's going to be just as bad as when Ohio State absolutely walloped Wisconsin. So fifty-nine to zero. Yep, forty plus forty plus point victory. Yeah, I got, I got, I got Michigan as well. Oh, so um, Ethan has Michigan covering and the over. That's a that's doubling. a free bet right there. Them up. Covering and the over, yeah. Because what's the over? Thirty-three and a half, Dylan. Thirty-five and a half. When I look this morning here, let's okay. see if that line is dropped. Iowa's defense isn't good enough to stop Michigan or like that. No way. Let's see here. It is thirty-five and a half. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I got it, Michigan as well. I mean, if Iowa's defense plays the half of their life, it'll be close, like the Penn State game was at halftime. But then they are just going to run out of gas and the floodgates are going to open up kind of like the game two years ago was a 14 three. And then the final score is 42 to three. Um, it's just that Michigan had, if, if you pick the players on this roster, 
picked one through 75, you would pick the entire Michigan roster before you picked an Iowa player. Um, so Michigan. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with uh go with the Wolverines as well. I shocking. think. Yeah, I know. Shocking, shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I I wouldn't be shocked if this game is some somewhat close, similar like what you said, Grant, like a 14-3 game. But in the end, I think Michigan has the horses. Harbaugh's coming back. They're gonna be playing inspired, and I think he came back as at a really good time. Um, you know, Sharon Moore has done a phenomenal job. Coached his balls off. Coached. Coached like he had nothing to lose, was the most more aggressive coach, and it paid off against Ohio State. Go on the road, beat Penn State, beat Maryland. Um, but with Harbaugh coming coming back, he's going to have those guys ready. Him having that NFL experience of, you know, it's the next week. We can't worry about last week. Not letting the, the uh, team have an emotional letdown. He's going to have them ready and focused. They're going to have a good week of practice. They're going to go go to Indy and treat it as a business trip, go down there, get a win, and then probably get the one, the more than likely, depending on what happens, the, uh, the two seed playing whoever, which I guess that is a, uh, that is a good transition here where let's uh, the playoff scenario. So the easy, and I don't know if easy is the right thing, but right now the committee goes Georgia one, Michigan two, Washington three, Florida state four. I think if all four teams win that win this week, I think that's what the committee is going to go with. Going off oh, the past, 100%. they go, they 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 will they they always take the path of least resistance, um, and um, if 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 all four teams win, which we uh, we do not think is going to happen, um, with Oregon winning, I even if if Oregon beats Washington, the Pac-12, that's a quarterfinal game. That's it's a quarterfinal game. It's a playing game. Whoever wins is in. Now. That's uh, I think Michigan. You know, Dylan, Dylan, real real quick. I think it's kind of no ranking. What never? I was going to say it's like the Iowa State Michigan game. Iowa Michigan game in fifteen, but Iowa was the four, and Michigan State was the five. Um, yeah. Washington here's the three, but just like that game, it's a quarterfinal game. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think even if Michigan were to get upset by Iowa, I still would think they they are they're in. Um, but yeah, that's a that would be a bad loss though. Yeah, that'd be that it would be. But loss. Let's hope that doesn't happen. Oof. I still think they have two really good wins that balance it out with beating Ohio State and Penn State. Um, but now now the, where things get weird here is the SEC. What happens in the SEC championship game? Like Ethan said. Big 12, there's not a whole lot of implications here. Texas wins. They've put themselves in, given themselves the opportunity to get in. They're going to need some luck. But with the SEC, I depending on what happens is I, I'm, I'm not sure if, if Alabama beats Georgia. I'm almost tempted to say Georgia is out depending on what else happens. I think if if Florida State wins, I think that might be a path where Georgia s- drops down all the way down to the four seed, potentially, and they play Michigan in the uh, in the Rose Bowl. But Alabama wins, they're in, and you know this. That's where it brings up the most, the best four or most deserving four, because there needs to be. I think there needs to be some sort of balance of 
What did you do on the field? Alabama lost to Texas. And I think if Alabama wins, Texas wins, I think both of those teams deserve to go. Georgia did not win an SEC championship. And, you know, this is one of those things with the committee where they always kind of change year to year of what, what is most important of the best team or the best team or most deserving. And I, I think this is a year where it's conference, the conference championships matter and settled on the field. Texas beat Alabama, Alabama beat Georgia. I think both of those teams get in and Georgia is potentially depending on what happens in that Florida state. I think if Florida state loses to Louisville, I well, you'd still that, have a team knocked out, and and then they're not going to leave a team from the SEC out. They're just, that's just not going to no. happen. Oh God, no! I think if everything holds, it's probably going to be Georgia one, Michigan two, Washington three, Florida State four. That's probably what it's going to be. I don't see that changing. Mm-hmm. If a couple of teams get upset, like this, could be the wildest selection show that we've seen in the college football <laughs> era. Like, yeah, it would be back like know. to the uh, 2017 when Alabama got in as the uh, as the four, the four seed when it was the debate between them and Ohio State. Yeah, but and but but I and I think on that year, Dylan, he, Dylan, for that year though, it was clear and obvious that yes. Alabama was better than Ohio State. It I mean, was if, clear if, and obvious. And if also, what happened this year? You have eight teams yeah. that are legitimately good enough to get in. So here. Hear me out, guys. Listen to this. Listen to this scenario right here. I got it for you. After I say this, I want you to tell me who's in. Okay? Uh, how did it go? Was it undefe- – okay, so undefeated Georgia is in. Undefeated Michigan, they're in. You have a one-loss Pac-12 champion in Oregon, a one-loss Big 12 champion in Texas, and an undefeated Florida State team. Boom. Three teams for two. I'm going easy. Well, you go with, you go with, we said Pac-12. The Pac-12 is a quarterfinal game. So whoever that is wins. Yep. And I, I I think you go with Florida State. They're undefeated. I I understand that they don't have Jordan Travis, but we've also seen it. Ohio State didn't have Cardell Jones. Or JT Barrett, you mean. Or Sorry, JT, JT Barrett, yep. And when you win all your games in a power five conference, you deserve to be in the playoff. I don't care who the quarterback is. That is not easy to do it. It's not easy when you have a potential first round quarterback as a, hey, and as, here, here, as a starting quarterback. If you go undefeated, you you deserve to be in. It, it, that's, that's my logic. Florida state played LSU out of conference. Texas played Alabama. Okay. They both played a team in the sec. I don't care that. Texas played a true road game and Florida state played a home game in Orlando. They went to new Orleans last year to play LSU. It's only fair. It's not, it's not Florida state's fault that Clemson was down. They didn't play North Carolina. And I don't think they played North Carolina state either. Um, so two of the better teams in the ACC and, you know, at the end of the day, Texas had an op- another opportunity to beat a top 10 team and they couldn't do it. So, I'm with you, Dylan. If you go undefeated, I don't care if you don't have your quarterback or not. You don't have a blemish. You deserve to be in there. 
I'm, I'll be yep. I'll be the devil's advocate here. I'm going I'm going Texas. I'm going the team. I, I want the best four. Like that's great. You went undefeated. Like congratulations. That's incredible. It happened in the BCS too. Not not always the best team with the record gets in. Uh, obviously, we don't even know what the hell that metric was. That computer system, that algorithm, we have no idea. Um, here, they can at least speak to why they do they do it. I want the best four, and I think Texas at that point is better than Florida State. So I'm putting Texas in as the four, Oregon as the three. Yeah. And like I said, I think there needs to be a balance between the best and more deserving because if we go off if we go off a of point spreads like Nick Saban last year was when I was so desperate he had to go on the uh, on ha- at halftime of the Big Ten championship and beg because talk about how if we were to play we would be the we would be favored against three of the four teams, but mm-hmm. they lost two games they didn't do it on the field. You have to do it on the field and Texas should not have lost. I think if Texas would have gotten a rematch with Oklahoma and oh, they them, yeah. I think they, they would have, they have a much it better does. argument, but 100%. but they don't. And I, I'm not saying you're wrong. And, and with the 12 team playoff, it's, I mean, this isn't even a question they're in, but I, I, I think that you still need to have yet. Yeah, things have to be settled on the field. Well, and, and also, guys, it's going to come down to Saturday style of how you win. Had Ohio State mm-hmm. not done 59-0 to over Wisconsin, TCU probably gets in that year. If that would have been a black and blue Big Ten title game, Ohio State wins 28-20 uh, to 20 with Cardale Jones, TCU's in there. But they blew the absolute doors off them and had the game of their life, and the committee's like, hey, this team ain't too bad. Um. So if Florida State, if if they defeat Louisville, but it's an ugly, you know, 23 to 19 game like last Saturday was when they beat Florida. I know it was a two possession game, but you're kind of sitting back like yeah, the Gators could have won that thing. And if Texas wins 38 to 10 or 45 to 10. I think the style points and then the win in Tuscaloosa to start the year and also the Jordan Travis injury. Texas is going to get in. So. Just like how we talked in the, the NBA play-in tournament or the in-season tournament, style points are going to matter on Saturday. And if Sark has an opportunity to run up that score, run it up. Is there yeah. a way you see Ohio State getting in? Uh, there needs so, to be a lot of chaos. So hold, oh, hold on. If that were to happen, Texas has to lose. Texas has to lose. Texas has to lose. Florida and Florida State has to lose. Yep. If and that's honestly, the Pro- and, I mean, and, and, and they can't have Alabama win. And they can't have it. Yeah. They can't have Alabama win. Well, even then, like, would you pick one loss Georgia or would you pick one loss Ohio State? That's what it comes down to. Oh, holy shit. Um, I would still go. I think I'd, I'd go Georgia. Pro- I'll probably get called biased, but yeah, I'd probably go Georgia. I think I, they go SEC. I, but I do. Is that the and, right and, choice? I don't know. Because I but, think Iowa State played well versus Michigan. They well, did. They, no, you're you're not wrong. That was they they played really well, um. But in but the they, other part too that I I look at as far as Georgia Ohio State, I Carson Beck is a much better player than Kyle McCord, and I think he's a he's a more of a he's more of a difference maker than Kyle McCord would be. Mm-hmm. And also, guys, let's not forget this: Are they going to penalize the last two time defending national champions who's won twenty eight games in a row? I think. 
it's not fair to say this, but I think that's Georgia has that in their back pocket where the committee is going to sit back and say, hey, they went 12-0 in the regular season and they had to play a 13th game. This Ohio State team only played 12 two years in a row. They couldn't even win their division. I think that there might be some some bias in there in that aspect too. Because I mean, would yeah. they allow a Michigan-Ohio State rematch in the semifinal? Because that's what I, it would have to be. There, there's one, no way you can put Ohio State at three. No, Ohio State has to be four. And Washington yeah. wouldn't jump Georgia, or Michigan. Yeah, no, they, yeah. If Ohio State's in there, the four, and if Alabama wins, and you kick Georgia out, yeah, it has to be a it has but to it be has a be a semifinal rematch. It has to be a semifinal rematch. Can you, you imagine that? That would it, be in, just nuts. in the Rose Bowl. Oh, oh my! Oh my Dylan God! Would Dylan would legitimately die. I'd probably take, go. I'd probably spend seven hundred dollars on a ticket just to go watch it. Seven hundred dollars. We've talked so much about this. Let's be real. The the, the uh, favorites are going to win. None of this is going to matter. It's going to be. <laughs> it's it's going to be Georgia, Florida sure State. Wrong. Yep. And yep. it's going to be Michigan, <laughs> Washington. Boom! 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 Good. Good. Good to go. Easy. But in Dylan, it's funny you mentioned that because these last four or five years, the committee's had it easy. Every they team have. that's had to win, they've won. The only tough year was um, 17, like you said, but Alabama was better than Ohio State. And in 14, when Ohio State got in over TCU. Yeah. Is Condoleezza Rice still on the committee? <sighs> I'm not sure. I don't know. I can't remember who it is. But I'm going to look it's... it up. I'm going to look it up. Joel Klatt was... Joel Klatt was ranting about it today on the Joel Klatt show about the. Joel, uh, I love Joel, but he rants about these guys every single week. He's just looking to create content. Selection committee roster. Here we go. It's pulling up right now. No, so hear me out, guys. Hear me out. What if? I got it. You ready? Let me know when you're ready. Okay, Ethan, go, uh, hold that. Yeah, hold that thought. Ahead. Hold go. that thought because I have something okay. I don't want to forget it. So, hypothetically speaking, we said Texas loses. Florida State loses, um, they're out, and there's a chance Ohio State gets in. What if Washington loses to Oregon? Are they going to? Pe- they're also twelve and zero. Are they going to penalize them? Are they the odd man out, or do they? Could they possibly still get a benefit of the doubt? Washington, if if Washington beats Oregon, they're in. If no, if Washington loses, but um, if Texas loses and Florida State loses, does Florida State jump Washington? Do they go from? I would. Well, then this is that's where you could ar- make the argument that Washington and uh, that Washington and Georgia have both have over Ohio State is they they they, have, they played for a conference played in the conference championship game. And maybe and and well and then Ohio State could come back and say well yeah that's because they have they don't have divisions or I guess for what or for the Pac-12 sake but you know Ohio State had Fair. opportunities to win the game and. You know, as I said and in my opening and rant, and didn't they, do it. They, yeah. So it would, it would be quite. The, Ohio State needs a lot more than what they had. La, they needed last year just a. Uh, well, last year they just, needed a Utah win. That's all. Yeah, that's all they needed. Now they that's need they a needed. bunch of factors to happen. They're not yeah. dead, but they're on life support. They are yes. So, right, so what's the committee? Uh, Chris Alt, he is the director, of, former director of athletics at Nevada. Okay. Mitch Barnhart is Kentucky's athletic director. Okay. Boone Kerrigan is NC State's director of athletics. 
Chet Gladchuk is the Navy Academy Director of Athletics. Jim Grobe is a former um, football coach. Mark Harlan is Utah's Athletic Director. Manuel, Ward Manuel, we all know that one, Michigan. So yep. interesting. Um, David Saylor is Miami, Ohio. Will Shields runs some athletic complex in Overland Park, Kansas. The former chief former, offensive former lineman? chief, yeah. <laughs> I, was thinking, uh, I was like, I know that name. I've heard that name before. My favorite guy, Gene Taylor. We all know where he's at. Uh, Joe Taylor, Gene. vice president for intercollegiate athletics and community wellness at Virginia Union University, whatever the heck that is. Okay. Rod West, group president, utility operations for Entergy Corporation. Interesting. And then the one female, Kelly Whiteside, is a professor at Montclair State University. Diversity. And- <laughs> there it is. Well, she's white. That doesn't count. She's just a she's just a white female. That doesn't count. <laughs> she doesn't matter. <laughs> There's like five white males, two African American, and then two male, and then a white female. So they they did awesome, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> Do you think we could ever get Gene Taylor on here? It's practically a conversation. I mean, you might as well email him and see, or else oh, I guess shoot. I can. I know him. Like, can always see. But let's uh, let's go down to the. Hey, let's real, go back up to. Hey, real real quick though. Just because we've talked about this, I want to hear all three of us, our four, our four rankings and where we have these teams. Based off of these, our predictions, yes. Yes, based off of our predictions, where we think it'll be, who's the one, who's the two, who's the three, who's the four. I'm, I'm, I just want to, I want to hear us. Who wants to go first? Okay. I, it was I'll my go. idea. I'll go first. All right. All right. So, obviously, Georgia won. I got Michigan two. I'm going to go Oregon with the win over Washington at three. And then um, since I said Louisville and I think Texas wins, I think Sark gets Texas there and Texas is at the four. Okay. Um, So I got Michigan one since I have Georgia losing. I am going to have Oregon the two. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Yeah, I think think they win. Not that two and three matter. No, it doesn't. Uh, I'm going to have Alabama three. Actually, no, it'd be Texas three. Texas they three. beat Alabama, Alabama four. That's, oh, wow. That's, that's fair. But we, the, the, uh, number, the number one Grant, seed we, matters because you choose where you want to play. Because yep. remember, guys, remember this, I'm 2018. Alabama, holy shit. Holy shit. But remember this, it matters where you play because in 2018, Alabama was the number one overall seed. Yep. The semifinals that year were in Dallas and Miami. They were playing Oklahoma. Norman and Oklahoma City is damn close to Dallas. We're going to Miami. (laughs) Yes, boys. Yeah, that imagine this Jersey game on the title: Michigan versus Texas. Oh my God! Woo! That's a Jersey game, baby. Oh, it'd be the best Jersey game since USC Texas. Oh my God! Yeah, dude. Even my semifinal game with Oregon and Michigan—that's a hell of a Jersey because you have. One, you have tradition on one side, and you got we don't know what they're going to wear on the other side. Yeah. Um, and then this this my semifinal game, you got Texas and the the the, the icy all whites, and then that Georgia red is just sexy. Ooh, mm. ooh, god damn! Rematch of rematch of the uh, 20, 2018, 2018 Sugar Bowl, but Sugar Bowl. Yeah. But my uh, 
go down to my my predict playoff predictions. I got Georgia one, Michigan two, Oregon three, Florida State four. Okay. Call me crazy. So, of all of all the teams Michigan can play, Dylan, I think Oregon is the one they'd want to play. It could be, yeah. Because that have Oregon to play them at some point, either way. At some point, but that Oregon defensive line, well, TCU's defensive line was small last year, and we saw how that worked out. But this is a different Michigan team, so whatever. But hey, we got to play the games Friday and Saturday first. You're right, we do. And uh, with that, let's uh, let's go to the back up to the NFL for our week uh, week 13 game of the week, and I believe I am up here, so I'm gonna go with. We're going to go down to a place that we always we've, – we've been very fond, very high of. We've been complimenting this city quite a bit lately. Broncos, Texans. Oh, um, Texans it. are trying to, try, trying to bounce back. Love you too, Ethan. Dude, bounce back, the, tough. an hour and 12 minutes in, we're finally talking about Houston. We got there. It took a while. Well, and and we could have we we missed an opportunity. We could have talked it earlier because that's where the national championship game is going to be played is in Houston. Oh shit, we missed it. <laughs> we did, but uh, you know, tough loss to Jacksonville, Denver. They're trying to turn that five game win streak into six. Sean Payton, you know, we dogged on him early in the year. Did not get get off to a great start, but. He's done a phenomenal job of evaluating mm-hmm. his team's strengths, weaknesses, understanding what they're good at, what they're not good at, good at, and developing a game plan around that to put this put the team in position to win. Um, December football, it's playoff football, and both of these teams are going to be fighting for playoff positioning. And a win here, whoever wins this game, is putting themselves in the driver's seat to. Um, be in the uh, make be a one of the wild card teams or well with the Texans you're still they're they're still alive in the within the division but this could have some playoff implications down the road that whoever wins this game might be a winner go home game. Hey Dylan, I have a question. I have a question. Are you worried about CJ Stroud in this game? I mean, he's never played in the first week in December before. This is Ooh. <laughs> This is new territory well, for him. <laughs> it's dawn of a brand new era that was old CJ he didn't have to deal with. He was coached weak, by Ryan Day. Little, he was coached by Ryan yeah. Day. He was afraid, intimidating. He has Tank so, Dell. No. He'll be fine. He'll, and Domingo Ryan. He'll be I have fine. Tank Dell and CJ Stroud on my fantasy team. <laughs> they will not let me down. <laughs> well, I thought I'm you'd take, enjoy that. I'm taking the low hanging fruit. I'm going Eagles and 49ers. Uh, Damn it. Possibly game of the year. Grant, good luck finding a third one because there isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, but uh, I could, I could, I got one for you, Grant. Don't worry. Um, oh Christ! But no, this has potentially game of the year. Uh, absolutely number one seed implications here. If if the Eagles win, they very well might have the one seed locked up at this point. Uh, oh you yeah. Try and find two more losses on their schedule. Really three, because San Francisco already has three losses, so they yeah, have to yeah. lose three times uh, in order to to basically lose it. But Jalen Hurts uh, would have to be out for the year. Yes, yes. That knee would have to deteriorate very fast or get hit somehow. But, yeah, they're not going to lose three more times this year. So, really, if the 49ers want the one seed, it it, it comes down to Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And their 49ers are three-point road favorites in this one, too. Well, after seeing the Eagles and Niners play these last three weeks, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. It does. Think of what happened last year. 
the 49ers are going to be out there for blood. Well, I have an idea. Block Hassan Reddick. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. I have an idea. <laughs> um. Well, I already doubled down on one take earlier today, so I can't double down on Ethan's game of the week because this is by far the game of the week. And I'm not going to lie, guys. Had I gone first in this category, I was going to just choose this for all of us. I was going to end the category. <laughs> I was going to hit the atomic atomic bomb button and say no other team counts. Um, Which would but, it would only be the second time on this podcast we've utilized that. Yes. So, but uh, I'm going to go to Sunday night. Um, Chiefs Packers. Packers are playing well these last couple mm. of weeks. Um, you know, it's a home game. They're back in Lambeau under the lights. Jordan Love looks comfortable. He He's playing great these last couple weeks. Um, but this Packers offense has got to go up against the Chiefs defense, and this Chiefs secondary um, is going to be a challenge they haven't seen yet this year. Uh, LeJarrius Sneed, McDuffie, Justin Reed, they could potentially put the clamps down on these receivers and make it tough for Jordan Love. Um, what LeJarrius Sneed has done this year against A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson is remarkable. Will he do that Sunday? He's going to have an opportunity against Christian Watson on Sunday. And what will be interesting is Greg Olson in the broadcast on Thursday said the Packers offensive line, their strength is pass protection. Well, this week with Spags coming at you with Jones, Chris Jones, Carl Loftus, and many who's playing well, Mike Dana, shout out to the Michigan Wolverine there for you, Dylan. The The most underrated player on this Chiefs defense this year. And then with these linebackers, with the way he can come at you with these pressures, how do how do they handle that? And how do how does the Packers receivers can they get off the sticky coverage from McDuffie, Sneed, Reed, um, Jalen Watson, and um, Joshua Williams? So Chiefs Packers on Sunday night. Um, since I can't pick the Eagles 49ers, I'll go to Sunday night game. Well, Grant, I had one. If you couldn't pick pick one, I had, oh, I had Colts boy. Titans and. This is these were the notes that I had for why I had this game. I'm only picking this one because I had the Titans as a playoff team and need them to win to stay in the hunt. <laughs> <laughs> it's be- it's beautiful. Making it about yourself. I'm a fan. <laughs> That's right. But um before we get to curveball of the week here, let's uh I got one little thing about the NDSU Bison. They took care of Drake 66 to 3. And then they, uh, what they want is a date out in Bozeman, Montana, to uh, to play the Montana State Bobcats, 1 p.m. Uh, 1 p.m. Mountain Time game on uh, ESPN Plus. Here, um, Montana State is the sixth seed. They have kind of limped, limped to the uh, limped to the sixth seed. They did not have a good showing in the Brawl of the Wild game, or as uh, which, sorry, Mike, if you're listening, but the uh, in the uh, Grizz Cat game. They've uh, have not played well. They've lost two, lost two of their four games in November. Um, you know, there's questions at quarterback. NDSU is playing some of their best football as of now. And this game for the buys, this game is a pick'em actually, or not a pick'em. Montana State opened as a one-point favorite. I don't know what that line is, if that line has shifted at all. But NDSU, they're going to have to go there. They're going to have to run the ball. I think it's important that they're able to force some turnovers. Take that and do it early. Steal a possession, get something, kind of take the that crowd out of it. Um, NDSU's played. This is going to be their fourth playoff road playoff games in the FCS era. Here only, and 
Only their fourth. And in in the three in the three road playoff games that they have played, they have turned the ball over seven times. They need to flip that trend. They cannot turn the ball over. Need to play downhill. Um, I think defensively, this is going to be. I think if the big thing is, is the defense has to show up. I think it with Montana State being the running team that they are, and it's important that NDSU keeps them off schedule, gets them wins first and second down, makes it in obvious passing situations, and let the pass rush that has come to life at the end of the year go after, get after the quarterback, whoever they have in Tommy Malott or I can't even uh, – Chambers, I think, is the guy's last name. Um, but that – and then offensively, like I said, don't turn the ball over. Run the ball, um, and we're, we're going to see what happens. Um, if I had to pick, I think – I, I, I'm going to pick NDSU to win 28-24. And the difference is, is I think Cam Miller is better than the two quarterbacks at, than that Montana State has. So I'm going to roll with the Bison, which potentially sets up a rematch depending on what happens in the South Dakota-Sacramento State game. The Bison could be going down to Vermilion for, to avenge one of their three losses this year. Yeah, quite the atmosphere. It would be. I've I've talked talked about it. I've thought about making the trip trek down there, but got to win. South Dakota has to win. But there's also potential too that if Sacramento State beats USD and NDSU beats Montana State, NDSU game. would be hosting a quarterfinal matchup. Well, Dylan, I will say this: um, I've been to Vermilion, South Dakota, once in my life. I've never been. There's not much there, but. They're going to have a bar, a hotel, and a place where you can grab a pizza on Friday nights. <laughs> so, <laughs> my dad, uh, when my dad was in college, they were at a USD game, and uh, someone threw a frozen coyote, coyote uh, at the cheerleaders and KO'd one of them. <laughs> How you oh, get a coyote Craig, you rascal. stadium is beyond me, but then again. There were probably no rules back then. So. Oh, God, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, that South Dakota State, South Dakota, that that that's a rivalry game. It was a lot that, uh, you know. They you hate know. each other. Hey, so, so Mike, why does, Mike, why does your daughter have permanent brain damage? She was hit in the head with a frozen coyote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so. All right, Grant, what do you uh, – it is your time for Curveball of the Week. And I actually – whenever it's my turn, I actually have come up with a really good one that I don't know if I want to do my next time. It might be a might be a summer or post-basketball where we actually have a full-on discussion about it, but I, I'm not going to spill the beans on it yet. So, Grant, okay. floor, enough about me talking here. What, what do you got for us for Curveball of the Week? So – um, actually, in these last couple of days here, I've just kind of planned a couple of vacations I'm going to take in the spring. Um, one, I'm going, you know, I'm going to Florida to see Caleb and the family. And two, I'm going to uh, a, a, a city I've never gone to before, being San Antonio, Texas. Ooh, what um, are you doing down there? Um, you know, we're just going to, um, me and my mom, we're going to meet up with Miranda and Jared. Uh, we're going to ah. go down and just, just take in, um, you know, what? The great city of San Antonio has the Hello. Alamo, the Riverwalk. They got the caves. Um, Are you um, gonna boo whoever uh, the visiting team shooting free throws? 
I, I think I'm going to, yes. Okay. I'm going to get a shirt that says, Pop, you suck. Um, <laughs> Maybe you'll get, uh, get him to go back on the mic. Yes. Uh, get, get Lifetime some, achievement right there. Some, uh, uh, you know, some good Mexican food, take down the Riverwalk, um, and just kind of anything else in that great city of San Antonio. So that's one city I've never been to before. So I'm curious, boys, if you could take a vacation now to some city in America you've never been to, what would that be? Ooh. Ethan, I'll let you uh, let you go here. I'm gonna say Colorado Springs. And I, okay, go ahead. Okay. I like what were you gonna say? I was gonna say I have another city, but I'll let okay. you guys go first. I'll say Colorado Springs. Always wanted to go out there. Go to Rocky Mountain National Park. Been there. Yeah, Grant's been there. I've only heard amazing things. Uh, I love being out there doing the hiking, all that stuff. So that would probably, it's probably on the bucket list. Yeah, for sure. And dude, you got the Air Force Academy by the U.S. Olympic Training Center. Yeah, there's so much. He's in Colorado Springs, like you said, the Rocky Mountain National Park, Estes State Park, the Garden of the God, the Royal Gorge. You could spend a week out in Colorado and not Mm -hmm. touch the surface of that. So yeah, good choice. Me, I'm thinking here. The brain biscuits are turning. This is dangerous. And this is. Um, I would have to go and I would, I was going to go there, but COVID happened. So I did not get to go. I would say Myrtle beach, South Carolina. We got a lot of golf courses heard. It's right on the beach, um, beaches, golf courses, big fan can golf, golf in the morning, lay out on the beach in the afternoon, uh, watch the sunset, look at a couple of beautiful women. In the, uh, There's more, more than a couple the down beach? there. More than a couple, uh-huh. More than a couple. Enjoy Waffle House, some don't fanta- fantastic food. Um, so I would say South Car- or Myrtle Beach, South Carolina would be my uh, destination another, place. An- another city I've been to. And it, it was tough because I'm trying to think, like, I'm going back and I'm like, I've been to a lot of the places, like, mm-hmm. been to, which I don't know if L.A. is the place anymore, but... Been to LA, been to San Diego, been to Seattle, been to Vegas, been to Phoenix, mm-hmm. been to Denver. Um, you know, I guess I, you could make the argument Ann Arbor, Michigan, but I'm gonna go there at some point. So that's fair. But Grant, what what is what is your uh, city you want to go to? You know, I think just for the historical aspect of this country and to see the nation's capital, I th- I think DC would be too much to pass up. Also, uh, also have been there. I was going to say you've been there too. Um, like it's just, just kind of anything and everything. You know, you have the Lincoln Memorial, the Washington Memorial, the Vietnam War Memorial. Um, just did you know that they're actually changing the Washington Memorial? They're renaming it the Clinton Memorial. <laughs> are, are they now? <laughs> <laughs> just have I have I ever told you that story? You wouldn't have. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Ethan, have you heard this story? I have not. <laughs> okay, so we were we were we just graduated high school. We all went to close up, and Cody gets this bright idea. Which here, Cody idea, of course, it, it was a bright idea. Decides to uh, decides to lay down and position himself to where his uh, his his crotch is right on the uh, 
Washington Monument. And he's laying down. We're trying to get the picture just right. There is a lady that, like, sprints. She's about halfway past the, uh, like, like halfway by the water, like the water pool or whatever yeah, it is, pool. the reflection pool. Reflection Starts pond. running. You can't do that. You got to stand up. You got to. He's like, why? I was just taking a nap. Oh no, I know what you were doing. <laughs> They're taking a shit. No, no, he's <laughs> laying down. Looks like he's got a huge cock. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like that one guy who did it when he was in Italy at the Leaning Tower of Pisa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but awesome. Grant, I didn't uh, continue here on your uh, talk of I just, DC. We just think there'd be so much historical things to check out. It would be really cool and be a vacation where you learn a lot about this nation's history, the good and the bad. Um, it just, I, it just kind of, I think, a lot of fun. I know the traffic would suck, and if you went in the summer, it would be hot as hell, and it wouldn't be too fun to go to, but I just, I, D.C. would just be such a cool place to go to. And the traffic, actually, I don't remember it being too bad. Okay. But, and, and it's actually a very, very pretty area. Lots of trees, very, very scenic, I thought. Um, you look around, you got monuments all over the place. Uh, go Arlington National Cemetery. That was probably, mm-hmm. when I went, that was probably the coolest place we went to, I thought, and going to see the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Um, that was probably my favorite part of the trip. I still have videos of it on my on my phone from when that, um, when I got to go see that. It was just a very cool moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, got to go to the Smithsonian. Um Went outside of the White House, went to a Nationals game. Uh, yeah, it, it it is a it is a very cool city. It'd be a fun fun trip for fun trip for sure. But I think that wraps up uh, episode 106 here of the three guys talking about podcast. We'll have the segments of the show out on Friday. Uh, be back next week to recap everything that happened in the college football and the NFL. Maybe uh, maybe even talk some college basketball here uh, as uh, do a little bit of talk of that of things to look forward to as uh, as that season picks up here because it's a little bit of a lull time because we got not a lot of college football happening after conference championship week. Got to crown a Heisman winner, but yeah, we might 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 talk some college basketball or think of something different to maybe maybe review. Uh, do a uh, do a movie film review. We'll see. We'll we'll think of something. Come up with it. Um, but check us out on all of our socials. Make sure you're following us there. Subscribe on Instagram, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, 3GTV podcast, TikTok as well. I uh, will be posting contents there. I'll be posting my bets for Sat- Championship Saturday and then the NFL on Sunday. But until then, thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you next time.